It makes me feel like I'm going to start singing, and I'm absolutely not going to start singing. <laughs> TTG, welcome back. Uh, another episode here for season six. As you've noticed, it is me, Savannah Banana, doing our intro because our fearless leader, Jeremy, is being a bozo and working right now like a loser. So with that said, Dang, shots fired. yeah, I'm really upset that he has a job and is good at it. It's actually very offensive. So. What we have today is Matt and I are going to be goofing around, trying to hopefully carry this as well as possible. As you heard, we have a little beautiful Faith Hill breathe. And I'm trying to fade it, and I'm screwing it up terribly. That's okay. <laughs> We're trying things out here today. So as you hear already, we have Matt Souza on the other mic. Uh, sorry, I can't give you a better intro that Jeremy does. I know. It's he he hypes it hardcore. He really does. I don't does. blame you. Oh, wait, hold on. This is where it hits. Oh, uh, is this where we're going to bring this in? This is where you're going to say Copyright strike. <laughs> yep, now we're fucked. <laughs> so, as you may, as you could see, we do have a lovely person sitting across from me today in Jeremy C. Today is Sam Billings of Billing Equestrian. Yay! Welcome. Yay, Hello. <laughs> Sounds like a live audience. Now, I feel like the big thing that has happened when people have been asking me, who do you have today? Or, you know, who is it? I say, oh, it's Sam. She, she's It's Equestrian. And they're like kind of blank faces and I realize a lot of people probably Guilty. don't know what an equestrian ranch is. Would you mind explaining that? Yeah. So basically, um equestrian as like a whole is like a horse sport. So you can in the equestrian industry, you can ride Western, you can ride English, you can um, jump, you can do dressage, you can do rodeo. That's like just a very broad term. Mm -hmm. um, but what we kind of do is we offer a place for everyone to learn how to do all of those things. Nice. Yeah. I was just going to say, so how did you get started in this? Were you Did you grow up around horses or was this something that you kind of... No. Um, so kind of if like I go way back um my grandfather had a ranch in tennessee oh, wow. so he's like the only tie to any kind of ranch horse any any kind of life like that um and when i moved we so i was born and raised in san jose and then when we moved to livermore livermore was just all farmland yeah it wasn't mm -hmm. what we, year was that did you move here do you remember oh, 90 Five, maybe Ooh. 94, 95. Might have beat me by a year. Yeah. yeah. So you've been here for a significant amount of time. Yeah, basically, my, you know, pretty much my whole life. Um, but so when we moved here, I, you know, there wasn't a lot of stuff you could do. So yeah. I'd always been that kid that just loved horses. And so my, my parents were kind of like, oh, you know, what do you want to do? And I was like, I want to ride a horse. So they told my granddad and my granddad said, oh, well, you know, I'll take you um, for a trail ride. Oh. So... He, like, set this whole thing up, and in his mind, I think he thought, we're going to go, we're going to ride in the hills together, and this is going to be great, and that's definitely not at all <laughs> what it is. And when was this ride in Tennessee, or was it here? No, it was there? here. Okay. Um, it was actually in Los Gatos, so ah. not not far from here, okay. but um, actually, that place is still around, but, you know, with liability and everything, it's not like just going ranch riding, where yeah. you just hop on and go, like how he was used to growing up, yeah. so... 
they uh, we got there and he thought you know we were gonna go ride together and it was gonna be great and they were like yeah no. he showed up with all his own gear and pack and he was ready to go <laughs> he was ready <laughs> and backpack and they the were like you are gonna walk her you are gonna <laughs> oh, like wow. she's gonna ride and you are gonna lead her around did he hate that or was he about it um no you know like I, I can't remember I mean I was so young I was like probably five. Mm. Oh wow um, yeah so. You wow, know, Grandpa was ready to take a he was ready. world out yeah. like the old Saddle up, baby. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, I think, you know, like everyone was like, yeah, no, liability? Like, there's no way this five-year-old is just getting on a horse and taking off. <laughs> yeah. So he led me around. And, you know, like from what I can actually remember of it, he didn't mind. You know, it was just being with me and doing yeah, that together. exposing you to it, I think, was For sure. Issue, and then right? I'm sure he had no idea that... That like just triggered everything leading up to now. But that was kind of it. Like as soon as I came home from that, I was like, I have to take riding lessons. And so (laughs) my parents got me into just I don't even remember what the name of the barn was, but I rode. um, I started riding at a place where like off of Hanson Road down here where all those new developments are. Yeah, that was just all farmland. So Mm -hmm. I grew up riding on the ranches over there. And then. Um, shifted to a different ranch that was out like by Costco. So, and I've literally never stopped. So you've just been doing it ever since. Yeah. Wow. Now, how did you go about opening your own ranch? Because that's pretty, that's a pretty significant thing. Also, sorry, we didn't do a cheers. Oh yeah. What, what are cheers. we cheering? Uh, so we have ah, a Shannon Blanc here. Jeremy provided this. Even oh. when he's not here, he's providing. So we cheers with the hose? wines or we can cheers with the hibiscus tea from Story. But Do you drink wine? Um, sometimes, yes. I drink wine on this podcast only. (laughs) (laughs) That works. So as other people, as other listeners know, Matt drinks four times a year. I've I've been around. I'm I'm around for all four times of those years. It's crazy, Sam. You also need a liability waiver to drink with me. It's the weirdest thing. (laughs) It's absolutely scary. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good time. But you do need an NBA. (laughs) (laughs) You normally will start like a really good chant or two or you... He's just a good time, but he only drinks four times a year and then plus on this podcast when we bring out wine. But this is a uh, Chenin Blanc. I actually didn't even take a look at what it was, but other than Chenin Blanc uh, from France. I pretend I know as much as Savannah and Jeremy. Mm, yes, I'm guessing some fruity notes here and it's quite dry. <laughs> I definitely do not know There's much about wine. <laughs> no wrong answers. And actually, I shouldn't say that. There, it's just have fun. Just yeah. drink the wine, have fun. Just drink the wine, shut up. So before you go right to the part where she's opening the barn, I want to know, like, what was the progression of, so you got exposed to that first kind of ride, and then what did it look like as it built up? Did you immediately, like, were you around the horses all the time? Did you do it competitively? Like, what did that journey look like for you Um, from, like, five to, like, teenage years? So... It kind of just like it happened. It happened in stages. Like my parents put me in lessons and then that one lesson kind of became two lessons a week. And then maybe I even did three. And then Mm. from there, um, that was probably from like six to eight or nine, maybe. And then uh, one of my trainers at the time was like, oh, I have a horse that she could lease, which is essentially like leasing a car. Yeah. And because most people who. So you huh? horseback riding, you don't, it's not your own horse that you, I mean, you can, you can have your own horse. You can have your but own, but it's, it's, expensive. it's super yeah. expensive. And then, you know, I came from a family that they didn't, this isn't what they did. So yeah. they weren't yeah. used to, oh, we go to the, you know, we go to the barn on the weekends. Like, you know, she goes and cleans stalls. Like that wasn't yeah. cleaning stalls and brushing horses. That, that wasn't part of 
anyone in my family's life. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just kind of progressed from there. And then they leased a horse. And then I competed that horse. And um, at what age was that? Was your first gosh, competition? At? I want to say I was like 10, maybe. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I was little. That's a very formative year, though, I feel like, in, in riding. Yeah. So... I did that for a little while, and then I want to say I'm really bad with, like, the timeline as exact age, but I want to say I was, like, 13 maybe, and then at that point, another another horse in our barn became available to buy. Oh, okay. And so then my trainer kind of was like, look, like, this would be a great horse for Sam. So that's how we ended up buying our first horse, and then... And then it just kind of kept going from there. Which is also a whole... So when at that stage, was your barn also trailing your horses around to all the competitions? Or was that something your parents had to do as well? No, my parents did it. Wow. Your parents were... Those are some... They're nice. Yeah. Because it's a lot of work. I think what we see, especially with like some of the youth athletes that come to our gym, is that um, a sport is not just the child's. It definitely becomes the parents (laughs) in so many ways. Everybody's invested. And, you know, I, I always joke about like baseball because it's like there's like the baseball parents because it seems to be so involved but when you when your sport is literally another live animal that is incredibly involved in like actually having to get a trailer and then trailer the horse to places and being there at certain times and somebody brushing your horse somebody walking your horse like it's 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 a a huge commitment it's a huge commitment no i'm i'm very grateful and thankful that you know my parents were and they still are they're very supportive um but I'm not sure when they signed me up for those lessons that they were like, I thought it was going to oh, escalate like yeah, this. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, it, you know, all those teenage years and, you know, my brothers too. My brothers would just, where are we going this weekend? And we're off to a horse show, you know. Wow. So my dad would kind of find stuff to do at the horse shows with my brothers. Nice. And try to kind of like go off and do, you know, different things and then make it back and, and watch me um, watch me compete. But it was, it was a. Was there a lot of travel? Was it far? Um. Like how far did you go? What was the yeah, furthest? The furthest, furthest I went was Colorado. Oh, amazing! Wow. Yeah. That must have been so great. Yeah, that was really cool. That was kind of a um, after we bought the horse that we ended up getting when I was like fourteen. I tried out for a program called um, the North America Junior Young Riders Association, okay. which it's basically like the simplest way to put it is a um, kind of like a junior Olympic setup. Mm. Yeah, so. They they run it essentially very similar to like an Olympic type setting. So you get there, you have a, like a jog inspection where the vets watch your horses go, make sure they're not lame, which means limping and mm-hmm. uh, that they do like a whole health exam on them. And then um, you're on a team. So there's four riders from each region. So there's a whole bunch of different regions around the whole country. So everyone picks or you have to qualify to go. And yeah. then the top four go and then Mexico and Canada I think that might be it. They come too. So it's like, it's huge. It, it's wow. really, that sounds really cool. Yeah, it's really fun. So that was the biggest competition that we ever did. Um, and the what farthest. style did you ride? So I ride, it's called dressage. Okay, so that's the one that I'm actually not familiar with. I only really know English and Western yes. and rodeo. And English is like, so in English, you can have um jumping you can have three-day eventing all of which like those are the ones that you'll see on tv all the time where they're flying over the fences and all that kind of stuff um dressage is more like they consider it like dancing with horses so you basically memorize a pattern okay and then you perform the pattern in front of like a panel of judges and those judges score all of your movements from one to ten 
And then, wow. yeah. So, and then at the end, you get like your collective marks and all that kind of stuff. And then you're placed based Would on you that. say that mm. the rating system is very similar to like figure skating? It is very similar. Yeah. And I we have a lot. Of, yeah. yeah. It's very similar to the figure skating. And like a lot of the movements are even the same. So yeah. they'll have you do really like hard. pirouettes, but your horse <laughs> is doing around it. with the pillars. Yeah. So um, that's so hard. Yeah, it's it's definitely a. Um, well, I'm assuming they're like some of them are like confined like movements to so then a bigger movement. I just I imagine figure skating, but for horses. Which yeah, is, like, I've never seen that, difficult. but I like I'm, I'm curious about I it. I know now. I'm gonna look at yeah. videos after. Like, I've definitely seen like the jump. I feel like you if you go onto like ESPN on whatever oh, the hour, like everywhere. you'll see the jumping. Yeah, I've definitely yeah. seen that before on like the Sunday morning when yeah. they like, I think a lot in. of people are probably familiar with English too. Like it's the high boots, tight pants. Like I feel like uh, yes. that's like the biggest thing For that sure. people. Bingo. And yeah. then you've got Western, and Western can exactly be exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, like trail riding. Mm-hmm. It can be. Um, Roping cattle? Do you rope yeah. cattle? Really? Oh, oh well, I don't be do like that. Rope. that would My be, husband that does, would but I don't. Rodeo. Yeah, okay, okay. Um, right on. And then there's like the rodeo, and then, yeah, there's team roping, yeah. and there's just like, they call them jackpots, so then you have like your barrel racing yeah. and all that stuff. Which I've always loved. But so you've got Western and English, but then a ton of categories underneath that. Yeah. Mm. I feel like it'd be so really much. tough to do that. Is your husband tough? Like a tough guy? Like, I yes. mean, if you're like, yeah. like rattling down, like I wouldn't do that. I'd be like, oh, I got a hangnail, you no, know, like quit. It's, I think, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> I mean, shoot up and spit out, Savannah. I mean, shoot up and spit out. I think I've like come to you like grinding. You'd be like, do a mile sled drag. I'm sure you'd be fine. <laughs> I don't know. It just looks so like rough, you know, like one of my buddies, I was uh, good friends with Kyle Basso growing up and like. Oh, yeah. yeah they live so, across like, the street from our barn. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. And so he, he always did all that type of stuff, all the rodeo things yeah. and things. And they they were just like a different breed. You just like hit them in the face and like, oh, like chill out, like just keep moving forward. <laughs> These are no joke. That's yeah. awesome. Man. No, so that's where. Um, so you won't say your husband is, but we will. He's that guy. He's, yeah, he's <laughs> my husband is really good friends with him and awesome. that whole group. So they all go and they go jackpotting into the rodeo. The local. Did your husband compete in the rodeo this in the Livermore few weeks rodeo? Ago? Yeah. Nice. Oh, cool. what, what are his? Uh, comp- what are his events? Uh, he just does the team roping. Nice. Yeah. How do you do? Uh, wasn't his okay. best, you know. <laughs> it happens to everybody. The team roping is super interesting to watch. It's like, and it's ro- actually this really hard. So like, I will say, the team roping. I does anybody think minute, it's not hard? I don't. I'm sure the guys that have done it forever. You mm. put someone like me. I'm like everything I do. I control. I'm supposed to control every single movement of the horse. Right. Mm-hmm. Like every step they take, I'm supposed to be on it. Then yeah. you go to team roping, which I tried for a minute um and then i was like this is a lot like you have to control the horse you have to control the the steer in the middle yeah. and then you also have your partner and your partner's horse like mm. there's a lot that's of moving why i think factors. it's a lot yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of, it's not just you parts. and your horse it's there's five you know people or horses and people and animals like that you're working that are trying with. to cooperate yeah, yeah. it's it, it's hard and then you never know like where's the steer gonna go is your partner's horse gonna freak out is your i don't know there was mm. there was a lot, a of, lot moving of moving pieces. pieces yeah and i i was like well, i think this is a little much for me so they're like coaches and stuff did you uh, did you work with like one coach kind of growing up or is there multiple is that not how this this is yeah done? no it's um so i had i had a coach um and actually she's still my coach so when i started with her when i was like six um, and she's still your coach now. Yeah, yeah. Day one. Yeah. That's nice. Keep that there was pipe. like a minute yeah. where I wasn't with her, but that was due to 
you know, the horse that I was leasing at the time stayed in the barn and she moved to a different barn. And mm. so that seems I, to I, happen I, a lot though, yeah, right? And I stayed yeah. with the horse and then I, I still trained with, um, it was, they were all in the same family. So I still trained there. And then when I left there, I've ended up back with the same coach and she's still literally to this day today. Would you say the relationship between you and the horse is more, for lack of better words, intimate than you and the coach? Those for are, sure. Wow. But the coach plays a huge role too. Yeah. Um, you know, they have to be, or we have to be, because I have a lot of students myself, like we have to be just as invested in our student and the horse as they are with their horse. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, because it is, it, there's so, there's so many moving pieces to all of it. Yeah. I think what I, what I particularly really like when it comes to equestrian, I think especially for kids is that we talk about sports as being like a great character builder and like it's great for discipline, yeah. but there is no discipline than having to actually raise an animal and tr- care for, and care for another yeah. animal. And so yeah. that's something that I really enjoyed about FFA, like raising animals through that mm-hmm. like experience, but mm-hmm. then like a horse too, which is just like no joke of an animal, um, like incredibly like intelligent from what everybody says, but that's a whole different type of not just discipline, but respect for other things. Because when you're in a sport for yourself, your respect is for yourself and your coach. But I think respect for another living thing is is a whole other thing and teaches kids so many lessons. Yeah, the responsibility alone. Yeah. You know, it doesn't... I mean, I can remember in high school, it was, you know, do you want to go to the party or do you, you know, are you going to the horse show? Do you want to, you know, like you always had to make those choices. Yeah. And did that kind of keep you on the straight and narrow through high school and stuff like that? Was that always like the main focus? For the you? main focus was always the horses. Yeah. Not only yeah. that, but like, okay, get up a few hours early before school, go take care of your animal, and then like go to school. Yeah. And then on your lunch break, make sure you go pick up feed. And then when you come back to school, yeah. when you're done, then like go and take care of your animal again. And it's just a constant rotation of yeah. that. How much time did, did you, would you spend with the horse, would you say, when you were younger? Oh, every extra minute of the day really? that I wasn't at school. Yeah. We, um, so when I part of high school, um, I was riding out off of Tassajara Road. So okay. in like the yeah, Blackhawk area. There, yeah. yeah. And so my parents, I mean, until once I had my license, we were here in Livermore. So it wasn't so bad. But gosh, they drove. They drove out there every day after school. Wow. Shout out to the parents. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. They were definitely. I mean, my dad, my dad and my mom kind of split it. But no, the commitment between them getting me there was was next level for oh, sure. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. That is cool. I mean, I feel like a huge part, though, too, is like you said that you any extra minute you had is a lot of that spending building your relationship with your horse because there is a relationship there. right? For sure. Yeah. And and there's just always so much to do. So, you know, it's not just like go out, ride and you're done. Yeah. Yeah. And even like we boarded our horse. So how that kind of works is usually you pay a a fee every month and then your stalls get cleaned for you and you don't necessarily have to do that. Which isn't cheap, right? No. Yeah. (laughs) Very expensive. None of it is cheap. Um, But, you know, it's the, you know, brushing the horse, doing the vet care, doing, you know, cleaning your tack, taking the horse for a walk, you know, because they can't just stand in a you know, 12 like by people. 12 room mm. all day long. Yeah. 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 And you can't just go out and ride them, you know, got to get them hours. Up. Yeah. yeah. So wow. it was I, every extra minute was, the, and I, that's where I wanted to be. I had all my barn friends and, mm-hmm. you know, that was kind of the reason like jumping a little bit ahead, but that was the reason why I started my riding school was because that's kind of how I grew up. I grew up in a barn with a whole bunch of barn friends 
And I wanted to kind of recreate that for all of the kids now because there's there's literally nothing better than being able to go to the barn and and hang did out you with your did you start that with your husband or was this before before Wow okay yeah yeah no I um so I worked gosh let's see so in high school to kind of offset not a lot of offsetting my dad will laugh at this part (laughs) he'll be like oh yeah an offset but um (laughs) I had a job at the barn helping the other trainers to either you know just put towards some lessons or you know whatever I could do and uh no so I did that from gosh like 14 15 just doing like ranch stuff cleaning the troughs for the horses you're probably the best kid I bet your parents and your teachers all loved you no, <laughs> no. The teachers you can lie sure. right now. Nobody's no, going to disagree no, with you. No, my parents. No, I think I was a pretty darn kid in the in the whole. You know, everyone the has their. As long as you're yeah. better for, sure. for the people who aren't your parents, that's the part. That I got matters. excited with the no, pause because, like, was, ooh, what do we not know? No, 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 no. I was a really good student. My teachers all really liked me, and I, you know, I was, I was a good kid. You know, what every teenager does. I mean, yeah, every, for sure. yeah. Trust me. But, yeah, just, but so I'll tell you, when they're like, you're not age. going to the barn for two weeks, you're like, shit, oh, never mind. No more sneaking out for the parties. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, never mind. I won't, I won't do that. Um, no, so um, I worked at the barn, and then it kind of just started to kind of happen naturally, where I started teaching a couple of lessons for my coach at the time and starting her kind of beginner program. Okay. And then I want to say... Maybe I was like 18, 19, somewhere in there. And I stayed here for school. I went, I just did college at Lospo and online because mm-hmm. then, you know, I want I wanted to be at the bar and I was not, I had zero desire to go off to college and yeah. do the whole mm-hmm. college experience. And it just, it just wasn't for me. Um, So I stayed here and I started my friend's beginner program or my coach. And, uh, and then kind of, I got to the point where I was kind of like, I think I could kind of do, kinda do my own little thing. Wow. Yeah. And so my dad was kind of like, you know, what's it going to cost? Like, I'll, I'll help you get your first horse to start Aww. your lesson program. And uh, he's like, what do you think? And I was like, I don't know, like 1500 bucks, maybe. I don't know. Like back yeah. then you could pick up a horse for pretty, pretty cheap. And uh, yeah, so he helped me. He bought my first lesson horse for me. And then I just like slowly started building the program that I have now. But that and was, building like a clientele. Yeah, building a clientele. how old were you at the time? I, th- I had to have been 18, maybe 19. That's just oh. so darn impressive to me. Yeah, I was I was pretty young when I when I first started. And then um, I just operated off of Tesla for, gosh, for years. It wasn't until four or five years ago that I moved off of Tesla and, and now I'm out on North Now, Overmore. were you just leasing land out there and that's how you got started? Um, no. So basically at the places that I've been, you pay board. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that was all I was doing. So I was at Bar Nun Ranch on the corner. It's Greenville Equestrian <laughs> Center. Like name. <laughs> yeah, Bar Nun. It's on Tesla and Greenville, right on the corner. And they have the big pretty pond. Okay. Um, so I was there. That was where I rode all, all of high school. Um, that's nice. That's not too far. No. And, um, just 10 minutes from town. It was really yeah. nice. And then, um, I like started cleaning water troughs and other things like that, like a mile down the road on Tesla from there. And that's where I ran my program up until a few years ago. And then just it got bought by a friend of mine and she redid all of it and she made it, you know, private for herself. And I just ended up expanding out outside of the space that, excuse me, that she had. So so what was wow. the bridge between then to what you have now? Um, How so, many horses do you have right now? Oh, we have a lot. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. So five years ago, I want to say we had six horses. Oh, okay. Damn. Okay. Maybe, maybe six. And I'm going to say like three for some reason. I don't know why. But... It, no, I want, maybe we had five. I mean, maybe six is pushing it. But then we moved to another place that was on Greenville. Again, had more space. And we moved there before the place we're at now. And we were there for, I want to say like three years. And then again, we had. 26 horses and 22 stalls. Wow. Like we oh. were just stuffing them in like yeah. sardines. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And then we moved to the other ranch that has, I want to say it has 45 stalls or something like oh, that. Wow. Um, and in total, I think we have 45 horses. Wow. Oh, yeah. Not all owned by me. I mean, my clients own there, some of them, but they're, they're there yeah, and we're yeah, responsible yeah. for they're them. Board. Yeah. And that, this property we lease. So okay. we, we lease it from the people that own it and we run the, the, operation out of there wow oh, cool. yeah and do you guys you guys don't live on site do you no we okay. live in town okay okay right on it's kind of the best of both worlds yeah so how many yeah. how, how like how young could people start start with you like start learning uh, how to ride we a take them as young as three wow yeah. which well, you, you guys strap them on actually there and on the button, and have... go. hold on kids <laughs> sign the way repairs this Bye. could be a great option for you to plug this you guys have a few uh kids programs coming up or i guess just programs coming up this summer right uh, camps I yes is what our you camps refer to them. yes we have two more weeks of camp they're actually like overflowingly full wow but, that's yeah. great yeah it is it's really good we have a lot of the kids that ride in the riding school that are participating and then you know they usually bring their friends and wow yeah, it's pretty it's pretty fun. That's exciting. So additionally to your camps, you have your regular riding school and then you have your summer camps. Yes. So we have a riding school and then we have a training program. So that's for the people that own their own horses. Um, and I pretty much work with the full training people. And then I have staff that run my riding school. And then we have the camps and then we also have like a retirement center so like if that, you yeah. have your horses that are retired then they can be with us um and like care packages and yeah for wow. your, just so for your horse what's yeah. the difference between the riding school and the training so the riding school those people that come in um they're like it's kind of like a gym membership so they pay a membership fee and then that gets them x amount of riding classes and we have like a little horsemanship class that everyone can come to so that's where they learn how to you know like brush them it. take care of them do mm. vet work give them bath you know load yeah. them in a trailer all that kind of stuff so that's part of every membership and then um they can pick how many times they ride but they're riding horses that are owned by myself by my riding school program and then the so training then you probably get very full yes yeah we can only take so many based on you know, the amount of horses that we have. Yeah. So is it one person per horse or is it a mm, few? No. So we have how it's kind of structured. So we have, I want to say we have 11 or 12 lesson horses and those horses just kind of rotate through the people that come. So if we have 20 people come in a day, those horses just go consistently on and off throughout the day. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it, it's kind of neat. And then the training program are usually people that came from the lesson program that were like, you know what, we really want to buy our own horse. Mm. So then they end up buying a horse and um, and then they usually do some sort of a training package with me and that then they usually show and do all that kind of stuff. 
So that's like once they go to take it to the next level, they're like, we're in this, we're buying a horse. Yeah, they're paying their board, they're paying training, they're paying for showing, they're, yeah, that's like a whole different commitment than the the riding school. The riding school, you can come once a week or three. Get your kid into that, or is that just kids or you do adults as well? No, we have a ton of adults too. Yeah, I do that. Matt, we're going to make you do it. I was going to say, any Joe Schmo off the street, like I could just show up and, yeah, okay. Oh, we've had. Scary, I'm scared. Is that what Paul does? Does Paul do riding school? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Paul rides with us. Does yeah. Andy do it too? I feel like I yes. saw Andy out there. Yep, they do it together oh, on Fridays. <laughs> Wait, that's cute. They do it together. Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah, they come. So Andy's Paul one rides of my first. People ever. I know he's great. No, they uh, Andy and Dina are great. Paul Paul is great too. Andy they ride. So Paul too. rides first. Then they have horsemanship, and then Andy has his his lesson after. That's so darn cute. That family is so darn cute and how they do things together and they all just like love each other. It is. Adorable. Does anybody ever show up like for their lessons and like just decked out in brand new like cowboy gear? And 100% you're like, all the time. Oh, that would be my excuse. I'd be like, all right, we're going to go buy a whole fit for this. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Fully fit it out. Yeah. Don't look like an idiot showing yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to fall off and like have to no, leave early. more specifically a rhinestone cowboy kind of an outfit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, with the, with with the, the fringe. Yes, with fringe. The, fringe. the fringe flowing. Damn. It'd be good. Ken, how do you feel about TTG recording some advertisements Seriously. out there in our outfits? Yeah, it'd be good. Okay. I love that. We're going to, I'm going to put we'll a little. We'll give you the horse props and everything. It'll oh, be good. jeez. <laughs> I got to also sign the liability waiver and <laughs> fall off that thing acting a fool. <laughs> That's so it's interesting. So it seems like you guys have really great like entry ways for kids. Because I think just like getting straight into showmanship. I don't know if like that's how people normally do it, but that's a huge commitment. So it seems like it's nice to have the writing school and then. Yeah, that's kind of what I mean, if you would have asked me when I was 18, I wanted to be, you know, the top trainer with all the top horses. And, you know, there was really no writing school long term in my mind. And then over the years, I kind of realized like there's there's really no place for these kids to go or it was really kids at the time. Now it's kids and adults, adults. but Mm -hmm. there's really no place that these people can go and experience horses the way that I grew up. Like, it's just not around anymore because it is. You found a hole in the market and filled it. Yeah. And, you know, there's other people that, that teach lessons too, but what we've kind of tried to hone in on is there's no place you can go, at least that I know of, anywhere in the Bay Area where you can decide, do you want to ride Western? Do you want to jump? Or do you want to learn how to just trail ride or ride dressage? Like there's nothing that offers all of it in one place. Wow. Most, so Mm. most equestrian ranches are just doing the one discipline. And most, a lot of them will like, if they have a lesson program, it's okay, you're jumping, you know? Mm. And so for all of these people, like, you know, everyone's seen that show Yellowstone, like, so everyone I was have like not watched <laughs> okay so but even if you have it right really but you know yeah. like, I'm really like it blew this like horseback riding thing yeah it just blew it really up. Yeah. oh a hundred percent like yeah. everyone was like they watched the show and they're like i want to ride a horse it's it, i mean media is the differentiator in every single business anytime yeah. i anytime i go anywhere like on we like to do more like outdoor vacation like i we we just got back from banff canada and so like anytime we plan a trip like the number one thing is like cool horseback riding like yeah. i don't care where we go if it's in nature they have horseback riding yeah because it's such a great experience horses are fin- like they're just fantastic i think animals in general and they have such like distinct personalities and it's just so fun like yeah. who doesn't like i under i get i don't understand this but i know that some people are afraid of horses but 
to me. I'm always like, who doesn't just want to go be on a horse? Like, it's City fantastic. slickers, that too. Right? No, some people have. There's like phobias. I think there's a phobia. Oh, there's a of phobia horses. for everything these days. Don't you worry about that. But. <laughs> just in general, there's first of all, there's always been phobias. Your wife has a phobia of orcas. That's it's, true for the record. A, yeah. It's an actual like these are these are things. It's not made up. Like it, like there is a phobia. The people are afraid. I don't know what that phobia is. I, I don't know what it is. But I don't some either. People are it's no some, Yeah, some nice. people. <laughs> some people are definitely afraid, but. Like, watching that show, oh, yeah. Like, we want to ride Western. And for a lot, while, I was like, oh, I don't offer Western riding. And then I was mm. like, why don't I offer Western yeah, riding? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's Take not that. Take advantage of it. So, yeah. you're saying that you see a huge shift now. Because mm. I guess, or at least where I came, where I grew up in the Central Valley, there it's mostly Western riding. And there's not yeah, too much sure. English. So, for me, moving here, it was interesting. Like, my sister-in-law grew up doing um, English writing in the area, and that's, like, all she did. And I didn't—I just thought—I assumed that if you rode horses, you did Western. It took me, like, a long time to learn that there was, like, English, like, writing and what that, like, Yeah, kind of English entails. first. Yeah. No, there's, there's really—there's definitely not a place in Livermore that you can go take Western writing lessons unless you come to us. And I only know that because wow. the lady that used to do it, she's retired. Yeah, so, that's awesome. So the business side of things, like, are, is it you and your husband run everything? Do you have partners in this? Like, how does no? There's no the partners. Um, so the back end, most of it is I do the day to day. My husband has a full time job, um, not at the ranch, and so he's pretty much doing that. He does a lot of the kind of management as far as like kind of my barn maintenance crew goes. Mm-hmm. And then I manage my employees with the training, the training and the riding school. And so he, he helps out for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he also will do like a lot of the repairing and, you know, all of that because the horses just inevitably break everything. Um, so he's constantly out there fixing and, and helping for sure. But yeah. the back end of it, most of it is is me. How many yeah. employees do you guys have? Seven or eight. Wow. Yeah. Are these full time or is it? So we have one, two, three. We have four full time. Wow. And then we have three or four part time. Wow. Yeah. And so how do you, how does it normally like work for like onboarding? Like if someone's listening to this podcast and they're like, oh, shit, I saw that Yellowstone and now I definitely want to ride now that I know her. What, what would you normally do? Like, do you just call in and make an appointment? Yeah. And- so they just call, they text that you can go on our website and you can literally just schedule an appointment right there. Um, and then you come out and you have an introductory ride to make sure you you like it um, and that it feels like it's a good fit for you. And then from there. We explain kind of how it works moving forward. If you want to sign up for a membership, if you, you know, kind of just walk you through the the program as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's just simple to start. You just sign up for an intro. And it seems like you guys made there. it so easy because I, when it comes to, especially what we were saying before, um, riding horses is expensive. Yeah. And so I think there is typically a huge barrier to entry to get, if you're interested in that, to get started. Yeah. And it seems I would like think you guys so, yeah. make it extremely accessible for literally anybody. Yeah. We try. I mean, again, like you're saying, it is, it's super expensive. So, but what I've tried to do is take a sport that basically has been available to the one percenters mm-hmm. in the world. Yeah. You know, I've tried to make it accessible for more than that you know i mean it's still not necessarily cheap but it's 
you've really bridged that I've, gap. Yeah, though, you don't have to buy to tack. You don't. Yeah. You literally, the only thing we require if you decide to sign up is that you get a pair of riding boots and a helmet, and you can get both of those for like a hundred bucks. Mm. Yeah. So you know, we don't require that you. That's have, literally cheaper than baseball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Than like, use baseball. Okay, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, it's we, we've definitely tried, and we've tried to kind of make it as easy as possible that you can. If you don't like to talk on the phone, you can text us. If you don't want to text, then you can literally just go on and sign up on our website. Like, we've tried to kind of just make it from start to finish the smoothest and kind of was, process possible. And what drove you? Like, what's the driver to do that? Because it seems like you probably could have just ran your business like anybody else and still be extremely successful. So it seems like it was a very conscious decision to do that. Yeah, I started. So, you know. COVID happened. Mm-hmm. We all experienced COVID. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because I was in a children's activity, they shut me down. So, oh. yeah. Oh, so, I thought you were going to say they allowed you to stay open. No. But like you're outdoors with one, one person shut things. down. Yeah, no. I was one of the first things that was allowed to open back up. Like okay. I literally, it was pretty funny. My mom and a couple of other people literally were filming Gavin Newsom giving his speech saying like outdoor activities could resume horseback riding and everyone's filming it like you can open you can open wow. because That's awesome. we were closed for i want to say 10 or 12 weeks it was a mm. long time yeah. yeah and it was long enough that you know we have great clients that were donating to help with the cost of the horses but That's really nice. We weren't like we weren't making there was money. no money to be yeah, made no revenue and we were in. still having to feed all the horses. Yeah. So yeah. you know um it was kind of one of those situations where like coming out of that, I was like, okay, well, like I've got to figure out how to make this thing bigger and better than anything because uh, like if this ever happens again or, you know, something, something else happens, I don't know, you know, I needed to have a better backup plan than just kind of winging it yeah, and and getting by with just doing what you, the bare minimum basically. Yeah. And then that's when you decided, okay, we're going to have the lessons. We're going to have the training. I'm going to open it up to all the sports that are available. What ended up happening was I was kind of like, shoot, like, I don't really like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull through this because that was also the same year as the fires, which. Oh, Oh, that's right. Horrible. Yeah. So that must've been, cause how many horses do you, you have 45 at a given time? That year we had, we probably had 18 horses at that point in time. So for, during the 2020 fires. Yeah. So for but, people who don't understand, it's not an easy thing to just load up move those an animal. No, yeah. It was like, a huge thing. And we so didn't stressful. actually have yeah. to evacuate, thank God. Yeah, but luckily. it was a. Uh, I mean, everything was hooked oh, up and ready. God. Like, you know, wow. I mean, we we were on the phone with our friends that are, you know, firefighters and like, can you guys give us updates? What What's yeah. it like? And not to mention that's costing more money to oh. do all that's going to cost you a ton of money. And at that time, there's no revenue coming in. So yeah. it's no, already like because bleeding also, out. You're like, like you think, oh, OK, the, the air quality is a little better today. Maybe we're going to have lessons. And then no one's going to have lessons when there's yeah. a fire burning on the hill right there. Yeah, you like, can, like so see it. Smoke's going yeah. by. Like, so we're good. literally, I think that year in total, we were closed like maybe 18 weeks. It was a long time. Like long enough that I came out of that and was like, okay, I'm going to need some help figuring out how to like kind of get out of this mess. Mm. So I ended up reaching out to um, a like business coach guy. Um, I still work with him to this day, Brian. And He's been phenomenal. He's basically kind of rebuilt the entire riding school and, you know, kind of helped me make all of the changes I've made to streamline these people in. And 
basically make it operate like every other business out there. You know, the yeah. horse industry is so behind mm-hmm. in the niche industries usually are because everybody's so in their little bubble Oh, 100%. and it's hard to open it up to the masses. Oh. And then sometimes when you do, you get hate from other people within the community. hundred percent. Right? Yeah. And so for us to like, we take credit card. Like, I mean, I was operating with just checks <laughs> four years ago. I mean, yeah. half these people don't even own a checkbook. Hell no. I don't, you know? <laughs> do you have a checkbook? Yeah. Oh. That's how I pay rent. Every month. Is I, with a I mean, I do because of the I've business, but like, I don't have like a personal right. check. Like, no, I do. I'd have to dig it but up out of a It's funny. I was thinking about this something. the other day. I was like, if we didn't pay rent with a checkbook, like I'd have you wouldn't no have use it. for right. it. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, there's really nothing. So, oh, okay. Here, you can come ride with us, but we only take cash or check. And so everyone, much friction for payment. It's right. like, And oh. everyone's kind of like, oh, shoot, I forgot. It's, oh, a, it's you in know? the mail. Yeah. Never yeah. see you again. And then it became like, okay, I'll just like make I'll make an invoice and then I'll just QuickBooks it to you. Well, okay, but then I have to take the time to sit there and write out all yep. of those invoices. Add all, all as a so customer. Again, it just became yeah. like, how can we restructure this to save you the time? Yeah. And create less friction between. Yeah. That. And you can take a credit card and you can, you know, you can Apple Pay, whatever. Mm. Yeah. So we've just kind of taken the business and said, okay, it's just like every other business in Livermore. Right. Yeah. yeah. We had to streamline it. And, and the industry is still very far behind because, you know, I don't know if that I'm one bug like I know there's a gnat. I was okay, flying around I me it was too. It was, nope, like a... it was on me too, and I was going like that. <laughs> it's making its own. So that the business coach that you got was he in the same industry or was it like not yeah, even so in that he, industry? No, he specializes in horse businesses. Oh, oh interesting. Okay, yeah. Cool. So, um, and like I said, I still work with him today, and you know, we're still he tweaks things here and there, and yeah. he's he now you know I started in 2020 and. You know, it was just him and now he's got a team. So it's kind of cool, you that's know. That's really neat. That I mean, that's cool. an yeah. interesting like business within itself. Definitely. I mean, yeah. it's like a mentorship within its own niche and somebody who understands it, but also understands business at large. So you could mesh the two. Yeah. What was the biggest takeaway with the business coach? And I'm kind of asking this selfishly because I've been I have access to a couple of people that I've been toying with, like professionalizing yeah. the relationship a little bit for some of the stuff that I do. And like I always hear that it's just having the accountability of somebody else, meaning like, they're like, hey, we're going to do A, B, and C, and then I'm going to check back in with you on Monday, and you're like, shit, I better do A, B, and C. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's that, and then, yeah, when they check in with you, and you're like, oh, I haven't gotten to it yet, and then you finally get to it, like, you see, like, I just see such a difference. I mean, even from 2020 till now, like, you know, I thought I thought then I was done. Like, I was, wow. yeah. you know, I'm not going to make it. I'm going to have to sell all these horses, and yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do. And, right. Um. No, it, it is. It's for sure the accountability. And then also having someone else that works with other people in your industry, you're getting all that kind of feedback too. So like we meet on Mondays and there's probably maybe 15, 20 of us. Mm-hmm. And it's we're from all over the country. So I've got people that I talk to in Florida, wow. in San Diego, in Oregon, in Montana. And we can all bounce ideas off each other and listen to what someone else is going through. And, oh, actually, this is how I handled it. So for me, it's not only been great how the business has improved, but also my networking has really expanded, mm. which has been great because, you know, if I'm going through something or I have a question, I can reach, reach out, out to a whole panel of people 
that, you know, that usually someone's been through something similar. Yeah, well, exactly. Also just like support or even for just sure, like listening to support. something that, mm-hmm. that they maybe they haven't experienced it, but they can relate to because they're in the same industry yeah. as you. You feel understood. Exactly. Like when you sit down and you like air out some grievances or what's happening, everybody's like, oh, we get it. Trust oh, me. You I know? just went to a conference and literally we all sat down and I was like, oh, my God, I'm not alone. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. Like my all people. These, yeah, yeah, all these people were all on the same page. I feel like that's a really big thing, so too, important. is that a lot of times, especially I think when it comes to business or any aspect is like you get in your head and you think this is I'm the only person who's doing this I'm the only mm. person who's like inept at this like it's it's a me problem and then when you I sit suck, down with right? other yeah. people you're yeah. like oh wait no this is like an industry problem I can totally ride this out then mm-hmm. it's not a my failing it's just it's a thing that and it's happens. a process everybody kind of goes through right so yeah. if it, you're like oh okay this like you were saying it's not just me it's like it's how it's rolling out which is kind of the hope of what we do here a little bit right to connect yeah. all our people and yeah. to humanize the stories and the businesses and allow and now we're going to plug the mixer the mixer, <laughs> the mixer july 21st at 5 30 p.m you better be there tickets are ten dollars everybody's going to be freaking awesome it's going to be a great time and i don't know why i'm talking like an auctioneer they are live right now oh, we have sold like a few we oh, have some commitments from businesses we'd love to have you guys there anybody if you're interested in opening a business if you are a business person please come. It's going to be a great opportunity because that is what we're trying to create is something like that because it could be really hard and I think really lonely when you are a business and you think that your experiences are literally just sequestered to you yeah, and that they're not happening to anybody else because, yeah, it feels like or like what we say, we use the joke, like Savannah and I have a lot of meetings about like goals and like what we yeah. want to do. And I always say the thing, I'm like, don't worry, it's not you that sucks. It's just your system and your process. Yeah. Which is right? great which because is you true. can fix that. It's yeah. like, like, that's fixable. If yeah. you're just like, no, it's just you. Sorry, you suck. You're like, oh, well, there's nothing I could do. Yeah. As opposed to like, well, let's look at the process and the way you're handling decisions or like, how are you saying what's a priority and what's important? Are you too caught up in the day to day? Are you looking yeah. at other opportunities? Are you focusing because on the squeaky wheel? Because your behaviors and, and habits I need to join these goal setting meetings you guys Come, got going. Yeah. <laughs> We love them. Sold it. See, it was auction your <laughs> yeah. voice. And then there you I go. You got we're it. We're good. We got I mean, it really, yeah. That's kind of like what these like mixers are and even just like yeah. some meetings that we'll do coming up because it, it's great to have an outside perspective. And I think a lot of times too, like what we said, like you can change your habits, you can change your behaviors. Mm-hmm. Whereas when we think that we are the problem, you're like, you can't change who you are, right? Like right. The, the aspect, the the essence of yourself you cannot change that so when you think that that's the problem you start to spiral and that's where failure comes but when you can look at something objectively and be like no it's literally just a process we can change that it says nothing about like who i am right and then you change it and then you can move on to be successful in whatever it is that you're trying to do i Mm -hmm. think that's probably what's really great about having this guy yeah no it is it's it has honestly saved my business. <laughs> now, That's have crazy. you, do you mentor a lot of people? Because I imagine this is something that what you've done with your business is something that a lot of people probably want to do and maybe just don't know where to get started. Is that something? Like you could be an intern and like work underneath you and like, is yeah. that what you're referring to, Savannah? Kind of, like I'm that? just curious. I imagine I you seem done also that. very nice. So I imagine people probably yeah. go to you for advice. Um, Yes, people definitely come for advice, but it's not, I haven't had anyone yet that's like, this is, I do have one student and she's still in high school, but I know her goal is that she wants to be a horse trainer. So a little bit, I could see that happening there, but no, I mean, I don't, I don't have people that come in and this is what they want to do and, Mm -hmm. you know, teach me how to do it. Um, I have a couple of assistants that, you know, maybe that's something down the road for them. I haven't honestly really asked them yet at this point if 
they see themselves doing this for themselves too, or if they like being more of the assistant so they don't have to do the back end of everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and do you manage a lot of that? Like, are you fielding a lot of the calls to yourself or do you have a, a team or a person that does that? Or like how much of the, of like the, in the business would you say, are you still doing right now? Like day to day? Up until two weeks ago, I did all of the emails and all of the texting and all of the phone calls, which means I was very Exhausting. behind on a lot of them. <laughs> um, so actually I have a part-time um, assistant that teaches, you know, a handful. She teach, she teaches three days a week. Um, and she's got two little guys at home. She's amazing. Aww. But, you know, she can only be at the barn so many hours because she also has a mom and she has two kids. So right. she was like, I'll take your phone over for you. And literally, like, just today, I, like, opened the email and they were all answered. And I was like, man, she's killing it. Like, this That's is awesome. nice. Yeah. It's like a good feeling so, to, like, offload that. Offload that. Yeah. And, you know, it's something, too. Then she can work more, but she can work at home and she can be with her kids. Yeah, it works with her schedule. So it works perfect for, I think, both of us right now. Um and that's that's actually it's it's been a huge relief for me that I don't I don't have that on my plate anymore. Yeah, because yeah, that takes awesome. up a lot of mental space. Well, like you said, then you're like you feel like you're behind, and then that perpetuates, and then all the other stuff you have to do, Everything. and then you know it's the important part because that's your pipeline of new people coming exactly. in and stuff like that. Yeah, no, and yeah, you you like you know you open the the work phone and I'm like oh there's like six. You know, voicemails I haven't gotten to. (laughs) You know, and I'm like, okay, well, I'll try to call two on the way home. And then they don't answer because, of course, I'm calling at 630 at night. So they're probably eating dinner. And, you know, so, no, it's great. She can actually, you know, get back to people in a very timely manner at normal hours that people should call you back. And (laughs) it's uh, it's been working out great. So, no, she does all of that for me now, which is is. It's fantastic. That's awesome. If you could give any advice to anybody who is an entrepreneur, wants to start their own business, what would that be? Oh, that's a good one. Good question. Or if you could even go Don't back do to it. yourself. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Even if you can go back to yourself, like what, what are things that like you would say to you when you were? Because, I mean, it seems like there was definitely times where you're like, It all works out. Oh, that's a good one. You know, I know it sounds like cliche or no. whatever, but... You know, even when it gets really rough and you feel like quitting, don't, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the biggest thing. I think so many people like just give up just a little bit too soon. Just a little bit. Think of how much unfolded after that 2020 experience, right? And like that would have been so much easier to give up and like that would have been the point to do it. But right right on the other side of that, it looked like there was just this exponential growth in the business, in your mindset and just with everything in general. Yeah. No, I I think... Because for me, I think it's just the stress of it, right? Like That's it. It's the wearing part. Yeah, it's the wearing, like you wear yourself down. It's not even that everyone else is wearing you down. It's just you'll do it to yourself. Or like, oh, am I doing this right? Should I do? Like, just, I think, just kind of have faith in it and keep kind of trucking, really. I mean, don't give, I mean, obviously, you know. That, f- that's just kind of my thing. One thing that we talk about a lot, um, do you ever fall into any traps of like perfectionism? All the time. Yeah. <laughs> and like the big thing that we, we that like Matt and I always talk about is like when you're so focused on perfectionism, you don't like move the needle forward because you're like, well, it can't can't do this until it's perfect. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, it's never yeah. going to be. So then, therefore, it's never going to be done. What do you do to kind of like work through that? Try to just do it anyways. Like, yeah. I'm working on that as we speak. Yeah. 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 I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. No. Um, and I think for me, what's really helped is, you know, 
is having the right team with me now. Mm. That's been super helpful. Like I would kind of be like, I can't get it all done. It's not perfect. I can't, you know, I need to do this, this, and this. And I've always had great people with me, but now I think it's just kind of elevated like with my staffing and they're, they're just so good that like it helps a little bit, you know, yeah. if I don't think it's perfect and they're like, it's fine. We're doing yeah. it. I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. You You're know, like, where I didn't really have someone that was kind of on the same level as me that would say, you know, they were more people just looking up to me rather than kind of looking at working it with, you. with me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think those people kind of looking up at me, I felt the pressure of like, well, I don't know. What if it fails? Like, what right. if this doesn't work? What if this idea is horrible? And then, you know, you guys don't like it. Where now I actually talk to everyone almost as if it's like all of our business. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of collaborate on it and like, yeah, let's do it's it. It's like a really great way, I think, of like looking at things. Yeah. And was that the and switch like that you made? Was just like the dialogue with them changed? Or was there any other tipping point that changed it for them looking at you saying like, hey, what are we doing? It it's to actually a new like set of people. Oh, okay. Um, so okay. I had an assistant, um, gosh, for a hundred years. She actually grew up riding with me and then ended up working with me. And just actually last week was like her last kind of like last, last day. Mm-hmm. Um, but at Christmas time, she was like, Hey, you know, I'm going to move. And I was like, no, this is horrible. <laughs> like, what am I going to do? <laughs> the worst thing anybody yeah. who owns their own business wants to hear is yeah. like their main and person she leaving. she basically no. ran the entire riding school. Wow. So I was kind of like, oh my You're gosh, like, what, what am I going to do? do? Yeah. And you know, it's not a normal industry. So it's not like you post a job listing and someone from Google or someone that works at the winery. Like, they're not like, we want to work with horses every day. We totally know what to do. (laughs) Yeah, that's a niche for sure. Yeah. So you're very, like, it's a very select group of people Mm. that you target. It has to be within the network. Yeah. Yeah. And so basically what ended up happening was, you know, she told me, I'll stay until you can find someone, however long that takes, which it was very, very nice of her. Yeah, that's cool. And then slowly... um. They, they've all they've been friends of mine for years and they were kind of looking to make a change and they wanted to get into teaching more. They were kind of grooming. And one of them is my, you know, a good friend of mine that has a couple kids. And so she was kind of looking to get in slower and not, you know, have to jump into some full time gig. And anyways, it all worked out. So now I've got the one part time girl, which I'm sure she's probably getting more to full time with all of the mm-hmm. stuff she's doing on the back end of things for me now. But I've got her her excuse me and um two other girls and they they're great that's awesome yeah it's the team the team that makes the dream work right yeah Yeah. i think one thing that we didn't touch on and correct me if i'm wrong you're a you're a mom correct yes how many kids do you have i have two i have two little kids two little boys that's a lot (laughs) it is it's a lot two little boys and and two and 45 other kids yeah in 45 horses yeah Yeah. that's incredible which are as as uh, time time sucking as children are, I guess time like, sucking, like, time consuming. I couldn't yeah. figure out that I couldn't come up with the right verbiage. <laughs> I just went with my heart on that one. <laughs> but I mean, really, like that that's a that's a lot. Do do the kids ride? They do. Um, I didn't At least ever. With mom and dad. Yes, and the older one is. I think his thing is going to be baseball, maybe football. Yeah. But right now, okay. I mean, he loves baseball. Um, he'll come out and he'll ride. You yeah. know, yeah. But it's not like he's not like, let's go to the barn and ride. And it was always kind of I, I don't want to push it on my kids. Right. Yes. You know, like I want them to figure out what they want to do if they want to ride. Great. But yes. if they don't, I'm not I'm not going to force them to, yeah. you know, I don't 
I want them to know how to ride a horse. I think it's a really cool thing to be able to yeah. know how to do. Um, but no, we don't force it. And they, the littlest one, I think, is more interested, but he's only two. So, you know, half so the time can... he's like screaming and then running around. And, you know, I'm like <laughs> not quite there for a lesson yet. So. Yeah, yeah. So with all with all that, everything on your plate, like, do you how do you make time for yourself and your husband? It has that. <laughs> when was the last time you got away from it? Because he works full time, too. And that's a no. lot for both of you guys. It's probably not the right time to say that the last two years of vacations we haven't actually gone on. We've canceled oh, them. Oh, no. <laughs> but <clears throat> no, you know, just weird timing. And then yeah. you have little kids. They get sick yeah. all the time. Yeah. So the yeah. last three trips to Tahoe... They were sick, and then I weirdly got sick from them. So, yeah, you know, yeah, we canceled three trips to Tahoe uh, and a couple trips to Hawaii. And, uh, you know, I know no. it's a lot, but um, the we're actually going to try. The will start kicking in after, like, right? I feel like seven is when, yeah, like, like is when they're that. pretty good. The toddlers, I seem to get the catch toddlers are so and hard. hand it off. So that was going to bring me to my the next, the segue question here. So we get this in is with the, your ideal weekend in Livermore. This is something that we, oh. I didn't mean to ask AJ, but we've asked our other, other we've guests. We've asked that. our other guests, yeah. So let's pretend in this magical fantasy I could give world you an example as well. So like gonna... Savannah's magical weekend in Livermore always starts with like story coffee in the morning, do a beautiful walk through Robertson Park with the dog and the husband, go out for lunch at Wingen. Hit up Range Life for dinner. Like, that's the ideal weekend for She's me. She's a Livermorean. Look at that. All the spots. Mm-hmm. Now, you got to pretend that the, it, it, the situation is just you got some free time. Maybe yeah. you're seeing the and husband. And this is, you. Like, this is your guys' perfect Livermore weekend. There's no wrong answer. You a could, lot of it yeah. is exactly actually like yours. Okay. I would say we definitely hit story. Yep. And then... Shout out to Paul. Yeah, definitely shout out to Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Texted him before I came here today. Um, and then, gosh... We'd probably, you know, it's really funny. I would probably want to do something where I wouldn't see a horse. (laughs) Yeah. I get that. I'm at the gym all day. Anytime they go on vacation, his wife, Grace, is like, cool, let's go to another CrossFit gym. That's like, please, for the love of God, no. I'm like, (laughs) I can just not touch a barbell and I'm fine. It's okay. I'm that way with, uh, with like wine. If I go to a restaurant, I actually do not buy wine. I will drink a cocktail. Yeah. It's always nice to get a little space from what we do all the time, right? Yeah. So I think. I would probably say, like, maybe go for a hike. I'd like to read a book. Oh, definitely read a book. That's like my this way sounds like a to great... escape yeah. from mm-hmm. like thinking. Cause otherwise, even when I'm walking or on a hike, I'm thinking about yep. work. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, gosh, we'd probably just grab dinner somewhere downtown yeah. and. Do you yeah. have a favorite spot there, a restaurant like or a go-to? Uncle Hughes. Oh. Our kids love just... Ale House. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's easy. Kids love fries. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, and the, and the kids love Ale House. And then, honestly, it'd probably end at, like, First Street Yogurt, because that's, again, yeah. where nice. kids love yeah. to go, yeah. you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. But, no, I think, you know, just hit some of the, like, local little places that we like. And we're not big wine tasters, so we don't, you know, we don't really go wine, wine tasting. Yeah. yeah, we don't really do that. Um Sometimes we'll go to Altamont and grab a beer. Yeah. You know, like, those kind yeah. of things. But yeah. Just honestly, it sounds really ridiculous, but not, and it's not because I don't love the horses, but it's just something that doesn't have to do with them because if it's still a day off, we're still there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, You know, so 
For me, it's more just a day where I'm with the kids, even if it's taking them to the park or going yeah. down to the creek or going to Sycamore and letting them play in the in the water, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, mm-hmm. anything like that. Yeah, that's the typical answer. Usually when we ask like all of our small business owners, they're like, um, just a, a day off.
Bam. Got anything on your got anything on your hearts, guys, that you want to close out with? Yeah. Oh. I just realized that I was playing the music at the gym. So I was this entire queuing time? up. And, yeah. We were gonna go out <laughs> on playing Phil Faith Hill at the gym yeah, this entire yeah, time. Yeah, because it just said switch to, to iPad. So this is the Spotify for my business right now, which is operating. <laughs> and I was like changing it. So I was gonna queue up Shania Twain, man. I feel like a woman. Yeah, oh, that's absolutely. a good one. And it's we were gonna come out on one. that. I can't. It's gonna change it from the gym to here. Listen. <laughs> We're going to do it anyways. Do it Spirit. anyways. It's only 4.13. Oh, no. See, now it changed it. Uh, it's playing Oh, on this phone. On this phone. So Give it up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you guys for listening yeah, again. We're happy to have you. Sam, thank you so thank much you for, for coming me. by. Yeah, Remember, you. please follow us and subscribe on YouTube. Follow us on Instagram. Follow our personal pages. We'll continue to be posting stuff. I hope everybody has a fantastic and happy Fourth of July weekend. And please stay safe and eat local, drink local, be local. Damn. Damn.